Welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Primus, father, entrepreneur, filmmaker, athlete, hopeful writer, and dedicated wanderer. I'm curious to learn more about how people live their lives, their struggles, and passions, and pains. So every week, with athletes, entrepreneurs, healers, adventurers, and beyond, I'm going to have unbound and uncensored long-form conversations about people, places, pursuits, and performance. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to somewhat of my older format on the Ramble. You see, I've done a lot of these pod blogs recently, and I just did uh, an interview, which I've decided to share on my own format because I loved it so much. I want to say a year ago, I was approached to write a chapter in a book called Exo Leaders USA. And essentially, it's just, it's a book for entrepreneurs by extraordinary entrepreneurs. And although I would never consider myself an extraordinary entrepreneur, they were so gracious as to suggest as much and ask me to write a chapter on moonshots, which I will talk about later, uh, both in a blog as well as a pod blog. But Gustav Jules, who is the founder of this EXO Leadership book and or network where they do these collaborations with entrepreneurs and speaking and all these great things. They put out these books and they did one in Central and South America and they just did one in the United States. And I was part of the one in the United States that had something like 44 different authors share their experiences about entrepreneurship. And it's just fantastic, right? It's a fantastic book and it's a great resource for entrepreneurs. So they have put out a podcast and they interviewed me and it was a little bit on the topic of moonshots, but it ended up being quite varied, uh, talking about current events, something I almost never do. And, uh, you know, that was interesting and, and I'm a little bit apprehensive, but also happy to put that out there for you. So this is a repurposed podcast and like podcast. And like I said, it brings me a little closer to the original format, which I'm about to come back to. It's, it's been a long I want to say six months hiatus where I, I have been focused on other projects and I'm, I'm excited to get back. And this is the first longer form conversation that brings us back in that direction. Where can you find them? Because I really wanted to give them a shout out. So um, on Spotify, there is an XO Leaders USA Spotify by Gustav Huell. That's G-U-S-T-A-V dot J-U-U-L. And you can listen to all the other or many of the other uh, authors on there. He's done lots of podcasts with them. And then if you go to exoleaders.com, you can find the books for purchase. So lots to dig in there, but without further ado, here is my conversation with Gustav Yule on entrepreneurship and many other things. I sincerely hope you enjoy. Joel, thank you very much for joining us in this podcast of Exo Leaders. Uh, fantastic to have you, um, and thank you for taking the time. Uh, you wrote in Exo Leaders, and uh, a lot of the uh, the authors said, "Why why don't you get the the authors together and uh, interview them?" So this is what we're doing: talking about a little bit about yourself and and your company, your organization, the article, and and any thoughts you might have at at this time. Well, congratulations on uh, the latest edition. Thank you very much. It's quite a, quite a feat. Uh, three of them or two of them? I can't remember. Well, it's the first U.S. book, uh, but uh, we actually have seven. Wow. We're publishing the first one in next year in Latin America, hopefully. Uh, one in Thailand uh, and one in Spain also. So, Congratulations. Joel, uh, tell me something that people might not know about you. Mm. 
Well, I'll go deep to start. Why don't Why don't we do that? Sure. Because then I'll beat around the bush. So something that not many people would know about me is that when I was an elite long distance runner, I became severely anorexic. And uh, I had I just competed at the world championships and I was sort of a, a life 135 pounds. And uh, I saw all the Kenyans and Ethiopians and I realized or, or started to just think that I was fat and that I, I needed to lose weight. And so I I became anorexic and I went down to about 115 pounds. I was already rail thin. And so, you know, at that point, I, you know, my cheeks were sunken in and I, I became very injury prone and, and sick all the time. And it, it turned into body dysmorphia. And the reason I share that story is because, well, the body dysmorphia never really goes away. You can understand it. You can become aware of it. You can work on it. But it taught me about negative motivation and positive motivation. So a lot of times in our life, we're, you know, when we're, we're shooting for a goal or to attain something, we're either running towards something or we're running from something. And in, in my case, it was insecurity that was fueling, uh, fueling my, my motivation in life in, in a lot of different ways. And that insecurity has a lot of power and energy behind it. And it can drive you forward, but at some point, it also becomes toxic. It also becomes a poison. It becomes your kryptonite. And this is, you know, this self-awareness is, is critical to your journey as a, as a human being, as a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur, etc. cetera. Um, and so that is why I share this story is, is just, you know, for anybody who's listening and they think, well, wait a second, what are my drivers? Are these positive drivers? Am I running towards something or am I running away from something? And if I'm running away from something, what is that in me? You know, is that an insecurity? Why is that there? And, and that enables you to get comfortable with it, understand it and, um, and work with it better. Wow. Um, you wrote a book. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that that's that might be included in, in your book, but tell me a little bit about your organization and certainly your book too. So. Yeah, well, the, the, the book, Getting Naked, The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship and Startups is about naked underwear. So that's sort of the double entendre of the name, but it essentially it's exactly what I just talked about with this, are you running toward, are you running from something? Because the journey of entrepreneurship, I, I came to understand is actually, it's a journey of, well, what is the type of person I can become in the pursuit of the thing that I'm pursuing? And that's really the most important part is becoming this person capable, worthy, and we're all worthy, but, but, but capable of achieving this goal that I want. And, um, and that to me was this idea of getting naked. It was shedding the ego. It was letting go of all those negative motivators and getting back to the core essence of, of, of why I was doing something and becoming, the, again, the best person I can. You know, I, I talk a lot about masculine excellence and masculine excellence. It's a really tough thing today because we, we live in a world where toxic masculinity and male guilt are kind of thrown around very 
loosely and, and kind of attached to men specifically, where they um, they're they're afraid to fail. They're afraid to, to to kind of strike out on this journey because they're starting from this place of, of wrongness to begin with. That they are you're, you're kind of guilty by proxy or the sins of their father, and um, and really the spirit of what I'm talking about is that much like De, um, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, we have to we have to strike out on this journey of our life. And as we do that, we kind of, we enter the cave of darkness. We enter the unknown as a, a beginner, as someone who doesn't know, and we have to learn. And in order to learn, we have to fail. And then we have to apply those lessons and we, we're, we're made vulnerable, we're, we're humbled, we're humiliated. And we continue, keep continuing down this path. And ultimately we become someone who is capable of going down and facing these, these challenging things that life throws at us. And we essentially, this is, this is the point. The point isn't the end. The point is this, this continued journey. And, and so that's what the book is about. And the book weaves the entrepreneurial stories that, that broke me down and um, forced me to learn, right? They, they say failure has a function, right? It asks you if you want to keep going. And that's what we have to keep choosing. We don't really have a choice in life. What broke you down, Joel? <laughs> I know it wasn't scripted. <laughs> no, 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 of course. I, I will go back to... So I had essentially decided for myself that all of my value as a human being was wrapped up in whatever external success I was to have. Uh, initially, that was as a runner. And, and so that became the, the feedback loop is, you know, you win a race, you're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you lose a race, you're not so good, right? And I'm not saying that anyone in particular put that on me. Uh, I put that on myself. At least that's when I look back, that's what I think I did. And I just kept carrying that with me when the race was over, you know, it became everything. And so when you are, when your whole self-worth is wrapped up in some material success or some kind of success, all of which is completely out of your control, right? We're not entitled to the results of our work. We're just entitled to the work mm -hmm. itself. The results will be what they will be. That's um, it's sort of, more or less the Bhagavad Gita. And, and so I, in my failures and, and in what I was, I was desperate to achieve, I wore myself so thin that on three separate occasions, I ended up in hospital because I just could not turn off the work. I could not turn off the stress. I could not turn off this angst and anxiety to be this thing that I had determined I needed to be to be lovable. Mm -hmm. Again, insecurity driving this. And so, you know, after you, you, I don't going to say I nearly died because that would be a little hyperbole, but when you're in a hospital bed and you, you put yourself there and you're the only one who can point the finger at, yeah. at for why you're there, you're like, well, wait a second, my priorities are all messed up. My, 
how I'm thinking about things is all messed up. And the real kicker on top of that was that my, um, one of my dear friends and old travel mates, he, uh, he died of a heart, heart attack very shortly after I'd been in hospital for, I think, the second time. Mm-hmm. And he had two girls the same age or very similar ages to mine. And I said, this is, this, what am I, this, this is it. Like, you know, what, what's the saying? You probably know it. It's like, you know, uh, it's a quote, men, men have two lives and, and the second one begins when they realize they only have one or something. It's something to that effect. And that was that kind of epiphany for me is I, this is all I have. And if I'm going to spend it trying to make people love me so that I can love myself, well, that's a pretty sad and, 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 just depressing way to live. And I, I realized I had to change. Yeah. But it took you one more time. Oh, well, it takes us many more times, right? I think that it took me one more time in that regard because we get, we, we build these, these mental patterns that we have, these, these defense, we, we build these things that we, we think keep us safe, right? These, the patterns that we build in our mind from childhood onward, they become so comfortable for us that the way, this is how I'm going to react in the world. One of my friends always says, you know, it takes as long to wade out of the water as it did to wade in. In other words, how long have I been using this thought process? It can take just as long to unwind it. It, it, it often doesn't. So yeah, I fell, I fell victim to, you know, my own, my own devices and my own thinking again. And, and I still, it's still there. You still see it. You just catch it earlier yeah. as you go forward, right? You talk about faith in humanity. Uh, I like the change of pace in, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the interviews. You talk about faith in humanity with, with everything going on in Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, around Taiwan, uh, just to name a few. Do you still have faith in humanity? Absolutely. Humanity is awesome. And I think that what we see as presented as humanity in the news, this sort of um, headline diarrhea, this very factionalist, um, sensationalist, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And certainly, you know, we live in a very fractured time you know, more so than in any time that, that I have been on this earth. But I don't think that the headlines represent humanity. I don't think the headlines represent how we all, we all feel about things and how we all show up in this world. They're just clickbait. And so we need to be very careful in how we digest the news um, and social media for that matter. Right, because I don't think it's an exact mirror of, of how we all feel. I think it's it, it is only reflecting the absolute most sensationalist side of, of all of this, not the nuance baked into it. You've traveled around the world, um, and, and I completely agree. Uh, it is all about perception. Uh, what's your perception about Israel? Hmm. You know, it's it's I really can't have a dog in the fight. Um, and I think that it's, you know, it's, it's such a social disgrace 
to not have an opinion, at least on the surface. But I think that that's just media shaming. And I think that um, that's just looking to, to, to encamp us in, into different sides of something when there's many sides to a thing. And of course, you know, if Israel's been attacked, then I, I believe Israel has the right to defend itself. Mm-hmm. But I, I always default to, one, you know, who, where, when, and how, that piece is the most important thing to talk about, you know, and, and, and using our diplomacy and using our minds and our hearts to guide a path as quickly as possible towards peace should always be front and center. Um, and I understand that that's very, very, it's a very complicated situation as is the, you know, the Ukraine-Russia situation. But I, I also think that we don't all have to be crusaders for a side in these situations, especially one, if we're not educated in, in the situation, because we can perpetuate falsehoods and we can perpetuate um, a sentiment that, that we don't even truly understand. Um, we're just kind of jumping on a bandwagon because that's, well, that was the, that's where our followers want or that's what our family wants. And I think that we can internalize this. And I think that, you know, we can, instead of battling our office workers or our, our coworkers or our friends, um, we can do what feels right for us and we can, we can internalize it and we can pray and we can journal and we can meditate and we can just meditate with love in our hearts and peace in our minds for, for all that's happening because no, nobody wins in war. Nobody. There is no winner. Even at the end of the day, if they, they declared a winner, nobody has won because innocent people have died. And, and so I really like just taking a pause and saying, do I really need to engage in this or can I just, and I just internalize it and, and, and offer energetically what I can, while others who are maybe more across the information, um, you know, are out there talking about these things and hopefully talking about them in a way that, that provides all the information and, and tries to reach across the divide as opposed to create further divide. I don't. I don't have a standpoint on it. Uh, I just I'm trying to create one. I guess uh, is it turning the other cheek? Is it defending, or should you turn the other cheek? Should you be allowed to retaliate? And is it one to one? Is it ten to one? Is it a hundred to one? Um, and then you go into the discussion about the worth of of uh, of a human being. You you say you have faith in humanity, but do you really think that humanity understands? The importance of love, understanding, connection, and that's that's why you did your trip with with your family to to these many many countries. Did you find that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I lo- you know, I'll just I'll just say before I start into that, um, you know, I think that this thinking that we know this uh, this idea of you know the allure of power, the allure of rightness, it traps us, it freezes us, it blinds us from from seeing what the other side might have to say or what the other side might feel. And, you know, anybody can have strongly held beliefs that this is right or wrong, but strongly held beliefs doesn't mean that those beliefs are right. And so back in 2016, when we, when I went to film my documentary, Raising Global Citizens, there was all this hysteria on the news about 
literally the media had deemed 2016 the year of fear. Mm -hmm. And there were some terrorist attacks in Paris and, and, and Spain and, and or, uh, elsewhere. And um, my wife and I had two young girls. And we said, you know, are they going to grow up in a world where they fear everything? Or are they going to grow up in a world where their, their first response is, is one of, of love and compassion and openness to, to trying to understand all that is, is going on here? And... You know, we went to Ouzville, Ouzville in Lebanon, in Beirut, and Ouzville was a Hamas-controlled district, and we filmed there, and we were invited there, and we didn't interview anybody um, specifically. There, there was just this wall that was, because Ouzville is all painted with graffiti, really beautiful graffiti, and we were invited to paint one of the walls with a whole bunch of children in the area. And, and so that's my personal experience with, you know, with being close to that is that there is, there is good people everywhere and that incidents aren't representative of nations. They aren't representative of, of the individuals inside that, inside those nations. You know, we can't, we can't use one thing to judge everybody and, um, and the only or one of the best ways to achieve that is to go to these places firsthand and break bread with these people, with the people there and, and, and hear what they have to say, hear their stories. And it changes the texture of your mind to, to see these, these things firsthand because you can't just automatically go into default mode when you see a headline on the news or on social media and be like, well, obviously these people are all bad. It's like, well, no, I was there. They're not all bad, <laughs> you know? And, and hopefully it, it softens our, our response a little bit. And again, that doesn't negate bad action. Bad action is bad action. And, and we have to, you know, bad action has to be accounted for, but it, it, it certainly takes the, you know, the myopacy, I guess it would be the word out of it. And, 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 and it broadens that, that perspective on humans. Yeah. I, I myself was a backpacker, uh, with, with my family. You've certainly done a lot more backpacking than, than I have with your wife and kids. And when people think travel, uh, they, they usually think Cancun or Disneyland or something like that. Uh, is there a specific type of travel that, that you would recommend to discover the world? But I guess you also discovered yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Cancun. <laughs> but, um, I, I always advise people to do less planning. You know, maybe you plan your first hotel. But I like to encourage people to be to embrace the world and kind of go on this this kind of trust trip where they open themselves up to serendipity and they open themselves up to seeing what can come without an agenda. And this this has multiple effects. You know, one you um, you begin because everything is okay. You, you change your perspective on needing to control every outcome. You see that 
you know, it's not also also dangerous and bad out there. You see the good in people who help you find and get to the next place you're trying to go, maybe without your app. And you also gain more confidence in yourself and in your own, you know, your own faculties and capabilities. And um, and you get to give yourself an adventure, you know, a, a Cancun or, or or the like kind of trip can be very relaxing. And there's a, there's absolutely a time and place for that. But I. I believe that we we all still should go on adventures, and and this means getting off the tour bus and getting on the little mini bus, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and going into places somewhat unknown. And of course, there are risks. There are risks of theft, and there are risks of, of these of different things that happen. But there are always risks, and the idea that we can control the, safety is a is a is a grand illusion as far as I'm concerned. And it is the one thing that is sold to us more than almost anything in the world. And we have to be a little bit more uncomfortable being uncomfortable. And we're a lot more. <laughs> and and that is one of these things that when you, when you go out on these trips without an agenda and you just see what comes, you learn so many more things about yourself and about the people around you and, and the people in this world that by and large is positive. Do you still have time to travel? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a li little bit less so. We, um, I have a very bad habit of turning everything into a some kind of a documentary <laughs> or or show. So I end up doing a lot of travel for business. Uh, you know, recently Japan, um, soon India. You know, back to Italy. Uh, Etc. And I, I try when I can to take my children with me, and and I try and and often I, I end up documenting these things to to tell a story. Um, so you know, because my mission seems to be that I just want to constantly and continually show the world to people and the way that I have been so fortunate to experience it. So yes, but I also live on a farm now, mm -hmm. and so we have chickens and we have gardens and and so we're a little bit more tied to the farm and it's just a different chapter for us um, you mentioned that mindset is what distinguishes success stories well mindset is everything um i'll give you an, i'll give you a great example i'm just reading my my girls the hatchet and it's about this 13 or 15 year old boy who He's going to visit his father in the Canadian North and he is plane crashes. And the only thing that he has, he survives the crash, the pilot does not. And the only thing he has left is this hatchet. And he, he realizes that the number one tool that he has for his survival is his perspective, is his mind. And how he thinks about things. And then so in the beginning after he's crashed, you know, nature's really beating him down and everything is quite a struggle to build a fire, to learn how to hunt for his food, catch fish, find berries, etc. And then he, he he figures all of these things out. But then his little shelter that he's built and his food stores and all of this, one day. Um, a tornado comes through and it destroys it all. And, and the same day, he was actually attacked by a moose. 
And the next morning after the tornado has destroyed his camp, he, uh, he says to himself, well, you know, you think you got me, but what you don't realize is that my mind is, is too powerful. I've changed and I know that I can do anything. Um, no matter what you throw at me, I will find a way. And there's this great story kind of like that where I, I guess this, this, this relates. And it, to, keep, to try and keep it short, there's a guy walking down the beach and I guess he's, it's, it's, it's night out, or sorry, it's dark out and I guess he's going to a fishing boat, but he's, he's too early and so it's dark and he's just killing time and he sees this bag of, bag of stones, bag of pebbles or whatever. He doesn't quite realize what it is. And so he picks up the bag and he can't see in it because it's dark and he's tossing all the stones into the water. And as light comes, he, and the sun, you know, dawn breaks, the sun is rising and he sees that these stones were um, big precious gems worth a lot of money. And he only has three left. And he, he, you know, he has two choices, right? He can be mad or he can realize that this is, you know, he, he has enough to, he still has the three stones left, essentially, right? So it's either be upset about what has happened and, you know, what you've lost or, or be optimistic about what you have. And it's all a matter of our frame of mind. It's in entrepreneurship, bless you, in entrepreneurship, we're going to be beaten down a million times. Mm -hmm. It's, it's Happen. No matter, no matter if you're Elon Musk, the world's greatest, the greatest entrepreneur of in the world today, arguably is Elon Musk. You know, he has four incredibly different um, companies, and there's no man on the planet more attacked, more up and down than Elon Musk, right? And and so it's his mind that drives him, not the success, not the billions in his bank. And that's, and that's what we all have at the end of the day. You began with an end in mind, you said in your article. What was it? What is it? This, this brings us back to the beginning of our conversation where, you know, originally when I started Naked Underwear, I set out with this idea that I was going to build a company and sell it. And, and I did that. And I think that that provides context and clarity for an entrepreneur's journey, right? It provides a framework. I am structuring this. I am raising money. I am building this because I know the end goal that I'm trying to hit. And it can be, it can be great guardrail. It can be a great guardrail to your success with anything. I mean, you know, the, what's the old adage with the moonshot or, you know, you aim for the moon and you end up getting the stars. And, and so what life has, has taught me, what I talk about in my book, what I, what I realize now is you still do begin with the end in mind, but you have to be very open to the opportunities that present themselves on the zigs and the zags of your business and your life, because all success, or I should say most of success happens on the long tail. Right? It happens over the long term. And it's not generally the thing that you expected or not often the thing you expected. And we look at, let's use Amazon as an, as, as an example. Well, Amazon started as a bookstore and 
what's been one of its most successful things, you know, Amazon Web Services. Mm -hmm. The moonshot was likely not Amazon Web Services when it started, you know, <laughs> and the Apple iPhone with, with Apple, you know, the, we begin with that end in mind, but the opportunities that, that often lead to the biggest successes and the biggest uh, jumps and, and are, are unexpected. And so we have to have that openness and willingness to fail and willingness to, to take on uh, a, a new path. Um, as, as it unfolds along the way in front of us. Do you change your mind? Have you changed your mind? What's your mindset now? What, what, what is your end goal? What are you striving for? Uh, again, I, I think these, the, you know, these things, these didactic little sayings that I have said, that, that was, you know, that was my saying borrowed from somebody else. And I, again, I live by it. Um, when I start a project, I have a goal for that project. But none of it matters. Like, let's be honest. None of it matters. And, you know, if you're, we, we talked about on this podcast, the atrocities that are happening, you know, Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia, and all over the world. And, and these are, these are also reminders that much like in my own story, you know, all that matters is the love that we have the family that we that we get to spend time with and the rest is fleeting the rest is 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 incredibly fleeting and if you spent your whole life trying to achieve the sale of your business like i once did and missed your children growing up and divorced your partner and got sick like i did and I had all those things happen. I missed years of you know, my, my eldest daughter's life. And I almost got divorced because I was so focused on one thing. And yes, purpose and drive becomes a vehicle in which to explore and live our lives. But it is not the thing that matters. I, am a, I, am a, I do not believe in legacy, in pursuing legacy. I believe in in, pre in, in focusing more on the present and presence with our family because it can all be taken away from us in the blink of an eye. And at the end of the day, you know, you see a poster, if you're watching this behind me of a movie I've made and you, whatever. I'm so glad I did, but it's all junk. It all doesn't matter. What matters is, is what I have for time with my, my family. And that is how I'm changing my mind on things and i think that you know we at least here in the west we're, we're you know the american dream is a very directionally linear um ideology um of which we you know we we, we enter life with the ambition of achieving certain things in the in the cliched sense of the american dream that's the white picket, picket fence and the pension plan and the decent car and you know the vacations and all that stuff but and that's all great but it, it does miss the point and um and it keeps us away from what matters most and i think when we we return to what matters most we do soften we go back to ukraine and, and this idea of take away the business and, and go to politics and, and fighting for your side fighting for you know republican or or Democrat or whatever. And 
and these ideas that we're fighting for versus the things right in front of us. They become massive distractions that twist and turn our insides and make us angsty and angry and put our finger up at the clouds and say, what's happening? And, you know, what's happening is right in front of us with, with um, the moment that we're in. And so I constantly am trying to find my way back there in, and now so more than ever. Mm-hmm. Still, do you have to be willing to burn up in the sun on your way to the moon to be a real entrepreneur? Hmm. That's a good question. And I, I, I know you're pulling from part of the chapter that I wrote where yes. I said, you know, that we, as we're going to the moon, we end up flying close to the sun. And, and I think yes, but not in the sense of burnout. Like I burnt, I burned up in the sun. I ended up in hospital. I was depressed for five years. I was anxious. I absolutely burned up in the sun. But the willingness to do that is the willingness to, to live on our edge. And there's a Buddhist saying that is something to the effect of the perfect life or the best life is, is the life with just the right amount of suffering. Because suffering is what teaches us, right? It informs us. What, you know, sim- a simple example is you don't build muscle in a workout unless you, dis- you break down your muscle. You destroy your muscle to build your muscle. You destroy your ego to free yourself from your ego. As Eckhart Tolle said, you know, you die, you must die before you die. In other words, you must kill the ego so that before your actual life comes to an end, you can be free of that ego, that very ego that gave me the insecurity, that gave me the body dysmorphia that was a driver also became a poison to me. And so I think in life, we, we have to be willing to kill that ego um, and, and burn it up in the sun by taking risks, by pushing ourselves into places that make us uncomfortable, like the travel example we talked about, so that we can shed that which does not serve us anymore and step into what we are becoming and can become. Mm-hmm. Why was it important for you to participate in a book like Excel Leaders? Well, you're a good salesman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just, um, no, you're very inspiring guy. Uh, the uh, you, you, where you can give back in the capacity of which you can give back. You know, we can't all be so altruistic as to give away three hundred million dollars or billions of dollars, like is so common these days, at least you know, amongst the, the super elite entrepreneurs. So we have to say, where, where can we give back? And I've reading other people's words has been the thing that helped me get to where I am presently. And so when I was asked to share some of my words and, and thus some of my time, I was happy to do it because that was something I could do to give back. Thank you so much.
as always, thanks so much for listening to The Ramble. No, there is a lot of podcasts out there. So we thank you for choosing to listen all the way through on this one. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, the, the good questions, the things that move you and inspire you make you want to connect deeper with yourself and others and all that great stuff so if the spirit does move you subscribe share post anything we'd be forever grateful and if you have any comments or feedback good bad ugly it doesn't matter we're here to listen guests you think we should have on of course send them along thank you and until next time peace hey thanks so much for making it to the end of the podcast i know that my Self and, of course, my guests really appreciate you listening all the way through. You know, they put a lot of time into their projects and their ideas, and and you know, they're very thoughtful with how they they bring themselves and show up on the show. And so I'm really grateful that uh, that you've listened all the way through. You know, we don't have ads on the show. I think I don't think Red Circle's running ads, but I wanted to take just a quick second to say that hey, if the spirit moves you, you know, this podcast can be brought to you by some of the wild, fun, wacky, creative things I do. I always try and stay in the practice of creativity, whether that's writing or working on films or uh, just about anything. I, I try and be very diligent that I'm, I'm doing it consistently. And so, you know, as a result of that, I put some things out and, and I'd love for you to check them out. One is uh, Getting Naked, The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship and Startups. That's my book and you can get it anywhere where books are sold online like Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or Indigo. And uh, it's the story of my company, Naked Underwear, the first company I started that went from a failed attempt on Dragon's Den, um, your, that's your Shark Tank in America, to the NASDAQ and was eventually divested. And it has a ton of tips and ideas for startups, very practical advice, but it's always also interwoven with my own story, which I think entrepreneurs and creatives and artists can really, uh, would really relate to, uh, you know, it has almost 155 ish star, four and a half star reviews. And I think people, if you're going through, you know, a startup need some motivation, need some ideas, just want to feel like, Hey, there's a kindred spirit out there. You know, it's a great book to check out. Also, you can check out my blog at joelprimus.com forward slash blog, where I write a couple of blogs a month about a variety of topics, a lot of stuff on fitness, things like how to know when to quit, a lot of personal development, psychedelics, all kinds of things. Everything's written from a personal lens. And, uh, you know, it's just a great way to digest a little bit of hopefully fun and helpful inspiration. And of course, keep checking out this podcast, The Ramble on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever your podcatcher of choice is. Thanks again and have an awesome day, week, month, whatever it is.